From Vancouver, Canada to the masses. From Vancouver, Canada to the masses. The Wonder Brand Show, hosted by Jeremy Brand, will bring you the best in pop culture. Boom! We reached a pinnacle. We passed episode 25. This is episode 26 of the Wonder Brand Show. Uh, joining me today, a guy that I have had on Sucker Radio a number of times, but I've always wanted to dig deep with James Lynch, and uh, now I've got him on the Wonder Brand Show. So James, man, how's it going? It's going well. I'm excited to be on here. I like uh, doing something a little bit different, and uh, I love your show. So uh, thanks for having me on, man. It's good to good to talk to you again. Yeah, no worries, buddy. Uh, as we said pre uh, pre interview, you've been busy, but good busy. So uh, what's taking up all this time? Yeah, we haven't talked. I don't think since the whole uh, score thing. I mean, we we can get into that too. It's it's all good by me. But uh, yeah, it's basically. Uh, you know, I've been working for, you know, you thought I worked for a lot of companies before I was, a, you know, went full time. Uh, now it's, you know, I'm working for 10 companies, I think now, two promotions. Plus I have a weekly show with Chris Cyborg. So it's, it's good. It's really busy. I mean, the nice thing is like, I'm kind of in control of everything. So if I want to work on a Sunday, if my wife's on Vancouver Island with my son, I can do it. You know, I did eight interviews yesterday. It's great. So that kind of spaces things out for me and I can do things at my own pace. And uh, I'm just, I'm so happy and so thankful just to have so many opportunities. Cause I, I didn't really know what was going to happen, uh, after, uh, you know, things, uh, you know, I parted ways with, with the score, but, uh, think, things are great, man. Just working about three times as much, but, uh, certainly happy uh, with how things are turning out. Yeah. And I I mean, as you said, you're your own boss at this point. I guess even with the score, like you had a little bit of control, but not complete creative control behind everything. Like you, you wanted to do regional interviews, you wanted to go to events. Now, at least, uh, well, I mean, we are in a pandemic, but uh, <laughs> once that is over and done with, you, you will be able to resume going to events and stuff like that because you are literally your own boss at this point. Yeah, I can control, I mean, sort of my game plan even before I went full time, uh, you know, just with one outlet was that I would uh, basically... Uh, just, you know, pick and choose events. I mean, obviously I was doing a lot more when I was full time, but, uh, now I can control where I want to go and I don't have to miss a specific event. I can choose if I want to go to it and I, I pay out of my own pocket, obviously, but, uh, it's, it's nice to have that freedom of being able to choose what I want to do, how I want to do it. Like I don't have anyone saying you can't do this event or you can't do that. So that's, that's a nice freedom as well. And plus there's that like kind of the fun part of like, we'll see how much money I can make off YouTube on this, on this trip. I mean, there, there's sort of, I mean, if you break even or come close to breaking even, that's a good trip. I mean, you're not there to make money. You're there to invest in, in your career and, you know, build contacts and get, uh, you know, exclusive coverage. So that's how I've always looked at events. And I do miss it. it it's, it's, you know, I, uh, I mean, everyone's missing it right now, so I can't feel that bad, but, uh, it's, I, I do miss going to Vegas and doing the shows or even doing something like, you know, local here. I mean, we're coming up to almost a year when we had UFC Vancouver and, and, you know, I missed that whole week. It was just so cool to be able to cover an event and, uh, and, and, you know, do it so close to home. It was awesome. I know I didn't want to talk MMA right off the hop. <laughs> we were obviously going to get into it. I, talk yeah. about like the fizzle out with the score then. I mean, yeah. obviously you guys just didn't see eye to eye. They didn't see um, the the MMA side of the game that you were doing pushing much further. Like, Explain what exactly happened there. Well, you know, personally, I mean, we talked about this yeah. in private outside of it. I mean, things were not going the way I wanted to. They sort of changed my role and what they wanted me to do, like in the middle of it, which, you know, I, I was not very happy with because, you know, they they pitched me on the job. Like it wasn't like I went to them. I could see if I applied for a job and things changed. I mean, that's on me, right? I was the one who, who went and did that. But they they wanted me and they pitched me really hard. And I remember when I first got the offer, I was like, I don't know if I want to, you know, go full time with a with an outlet that's not, you know, established in terms of the in the industry. But I thought, you know what? 
you know, money's good. Benefits are good. You know, let, let's, let's ride with this thing. And I'm glad I did it because, you know, I think every experience you have in the industry, you certainly learn a lot, but, uh, but yeah, so what, what sort of happened was things were changing and then things were fine. Like, honestly, like after I think I even talked to you about that when we were uh, out for breakfast that one morning with Don Andrews, our good friend, I, uh, I, I figured out a way that I could still do video content where I was just basically doing a podcast where I'd put all the videos in, in one video. And then that way, you know, they wouldn't be so concerned with views. Like, I don't know. I still to this day, don't know what the expectations were like in terms of what they wanted. Uh, that was never really outlined to me, but I thought, you know, 24,000 subscribers, 10 million views in over a year on YouTube. I think that's pretty good, but, uh, I don't know if they expected more, but anyways, so, you know, everything once COVID hit, um, you know, I wasn't sure what was going to happen and, uh, I was still doing my thing. And I le- like, I never throughout this entire time got any th- sense that like things weren't going well. Like I was doing the videos were the views were good. Um, the, the content was, was steady. Um, you know, and I think we were doing different things. I was doing more writing and I was fine with that. I, I could have done that for a while. I mean, once things had opened up again, if, and if they're still like, Hey, we're not going to do as much travel. And I'd be like, okay, we got an issue there. Cause that was another thing I was pitched on with the job was they said, Hey, travel's included. I was like, okay, cool. That's a big selling point for me. Cause as you know, I like to cover events, but yeah. Yeah, it was. And, and, you know, this is so typical, like sports industry, like I've dealt with this before with, you know, working at TSN and working with other companies, but it was literally one email. Hey, we got to have a meeting. And then the meeting comes and they're like, we're, we're eliminating your position. So I wasn't fired. They basically just got rid of the position. And uh, obviously they didn't, they didn't see a, a need for me to stick around. And I'm kind of glad they didn't because I wouldn't have wanted to do something with them that I was not hired to do in terms of, you know, just let's say if I was just a writer or something, I wouldn't want to do that. I, for sure. Obviously I'm known for my video content. So yeah, they, they told me that. And uh, the thing I was really concerned with at the time, and it was something I think I mentioned to you back when, you know, things were kind of going different was, you know, am I going to have a non-compete? Can I still work? And literally as soon as the position was gone, because it wasn't me getting fired or it wasn't me quitting, I could go work for whoever. So Literally that day when I got the news, I just kept doing interviews. I was like, something's going to turn up. I got to still get content out. I can finally go back to using my channel because that was one of the rules when I was yeah. with them is that it was exclusive. So started putting stuff on my channel and then just sort of put a few feelers out. But a lot of the work, I'll be honest, I'm getting, and I'm not saying this from a place of sounding conceited. <laughs> um, a lot of it's been stuff that people have pitched to me, you know, st- outlets that I didn't even know about that have come out of the woodwork and been like, hey, we're interested. You know, so a lot of the work I have now is just stuff that that people knew my work, whether it was from the score or before that. And uh and it, and it kind of worked out well. And, you know, I remember when it first happened, my ma- main concern, and you know this as a dad, is like, you know, I'm going to be able to pay my mortgage. Am I going to be able to, you know, do all this? Because I have a lifestyle I like, and it's not la- lavish. But as you know, it's very expensive to live here. I've, I've got to do that. i got a son. i got all this stuff that I'm worried about. Like, I thought if anyone was going to lose their job during this pandemic, it was going to be my wife because she works in events. So it's really, you know, difficult to, you know, see how that's going to go through. So it happened. Um, I, I think the one thing I, I would have liked a little bit different if, if it, I mean, this is just sort of nitpicking, I guess at this point, I mean, I'm, you know, obviously things have worked out well, but I mean, just some appreciation, like they just shut down the channel. Mm-hmm. There's no like good job. There's no like nothing else. There's no like, Hey, do you need this? It was just like cut and dry. You're done. That's it. And it's like, there was no like, yeah, just like, it's, it's almost like I almost equated as being like, you know, men in black where it's like, you know, we, we give you the thing and it's like, your memory's gone. That's basically yeah. how it felt. Are you a little bit, are you, are you? Really surprised by that, though, by the size of the company that they are. I mean, they're a big, a big sport uh, scene in Canada, especially, or well, only in Canada, I guess. Uh, But are you like, you know, they're that business mogul kind of thing. And they're a top three brand in Canada or Sportsnet, TSN, the score kind of thing. Are are you really surprised that that would happen? It'd be like if you were working at a business place and uh, they didn't like the way things were going, they'd, they'd just off you kind of thing. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised about what happened because, like, I've worked in enough in- – like, I remember working at Rogers and, you know, because the Leafs didn't make the playoffs and they didn't get enough revenue that they had to, like, fire people from City TV Winnipeg, which has nothing to do with hockey. But it's because the overall budget for them, they had to cut corners. So, like, I, I get the industry. It's no different – digital media is no different than television. It's it's pretty much a very similar industry. So I wasn't surprised from that perspective. Yeah. I always had that in my head that this could happen. Like, I just – and that's why – and that's sort of a lesson for anyone that's looking to go full-time is have backups because, like, I'll tell you. I was able to work right away that day because I made a point of not taking any, you know, they, they offered to give me like a laptop and all this stuff. And I said, no, I want to keep all my own stuff. It's just easier for me. And, you know, I knew if something happened, I wouldn't have to, you know, give all that stuff back. For like, sure. I remember they all wanted to pay for my microphone. I said, no, I'll, I'll, it's fine. I, I got this. So, and, and the YouTube channel, I remember they wanted to take over my YouTube channel or they wanted me to, you know, do all this other stuff. And I said, no, cause I, I was thinking ahead. I knew if this ever happened, I needed a backup. So I had all those things in place. So that's why when things happen, I was able to just continue working. It wasn't like, cause I, I think momentum is a big thing in, in any industry. If you lose that, if people are used to seeing a certain amount of content a week, you know, I can't just take time off. I mean, I would have loved to. I, I did get a severance out of them, which is great. But, um, you know, I didn't. The mentality was never like, oh, I'm going to take some time off because that's the thing. I had vacation time booked. Yeah, I was going to take time off in the summer and I just never took it because I was more concerned about making sure my family was was good financially. And we are, thank God. But, um, you know, I was I was more of like, you know, I got to keep this going. The fights aren't <laughs> stopping. I got to keep, you know, doing interviews, doing events, figuring out different ways to, you know, create content. So. So yeah, so so that so to answer your question, no, I wasn't surprised. Um, I just, I don't know. I just, I feel like I, I, you know, I could have got more credit for the work I did there, but yeah. it, that doesn't matter now because I'm getting that credit now for what I'm doing now. Exactly, and that's all that and, and obviously the credit came immediately after. And I guess I'll ask again a surprised question, but were you surprised by the amount of, um, how do I say it? Well, the the feedback feedback that you got, not even just from the websites reaching out to you, but individuals on Twitter when you said what happened with the score. I mean, I saw it myself. You had hundreds and hundreds of replies to to what to what you had said about the score and you parting ways, and then these websites reaching out to you. That must have made you feel really good. It certainly did. Yeah. And and I think, you know, I had a sense that, I mean, you, you just know when you're, when you're in an industry and you're doing a good job and you're hearing fighters and managers and stuff compliment you, you know, that obviously you're doing something right. Um, so was I, was I surprised? I mean, I, I would say, yeah, I was surprised by the response. I was surprised by the amount of work I got that, that for sure. I, I was not, I had no clue what was going to happen, um, as well. And were you um, able to pick and, and choose? No, I pretty much took whatever, honestly, like I was just like, I'll take whatever I can yeah. and then we'll, we'll sort of figure out. I mean, there were a few things that didn't work. Actually, I'll tell you this and I don't know if many people know this, but actually, I don't even know if I told you this, but <laughs> uh, I had a full-time job lined up after I left and I turned it down because uh, it was another, I'll, I'll just, you know, without going into detail, it was, uh, I'll go in a little bit of detail, but they, uh, <laughs> they wanted me to be exclusive. It was kind of a similar situation to what the score was doing, which is they, they wanted me to build up their brand. And I just thought, you know what, like, I think there's, I, I'd rather just, I'd rather bet on myself. I don't want to be in another situation like this a year from now. So I, uh, I, you know, I turned, they, they made me a very good offer financially. We lined up, everything was looking good. The one thing I didn't like was that they wanted me to be exclusive. And I was like, I can't, I can't commit to that. Cause if, a, if a bigger outlet comes by an outlet that I want to work for, like a, you know, ESPN or MMA junkie or whatever, I don't want to be in the same boat as in last year where those opportunities did come up. And I think I could have gotten picked up by them. So I really made sure that everything was on me here and, and it was stressful. And I definitely had mornings where I woke up and I'm like, holy crap, like, how am I going to figure this out? Like, I don't, cause you know, there's a lot of pressure on you to provide for your family. So, um, yeah, it was a lot, it was a stressful period. Like I'll never forget that Canada day we had, uh, it was raining 
And, you know, I'm just like, I'm trying to have a good time with my kid. We're at the park, we're at Centennial Park. I'm sure you've been there. It's yep. great uh, down there. And I'm just thinking like, 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 you know, obviously I'm trying to enjoy myself, but I'm also thinking like, how the hell am I going to do this? Like, I got to make sure that like, like I was willing, I even got in touch with my dad because my dad works in sort of, my dad's an electrician. And I told him, I said, look, like if things get really bad here, like, do you think you could find me like a labor job? Cause I, I'd be willing to do that. Like I was just more worried about the money part of it. Of course. That, like everything was good there. And so I was willing to do whatever it took. And luckily I'm at the point where I don't have to worry about that and everything's good now. But, uh, but yeah, so to get back to your first part, you were talking about, you know, the response. Yeah. I expected some of it. Um, it was more than I expected. The work I didn't expect that much. And I did have some people that I just didn't realize, like even watch my content. Like I'll tell you this, and this is not a brag. This is just sort of like kind of going about, uh, you know, sort of the response I didn't expect. Chell Sonnen DM me after, wow. after I got let go. And he says, hey, sorry to hear that. Really loved your content. And, you know, I've, I've interviewed Chell a handful of yeah. times. He I saw him at the, uh, what was it, Adam Hunter's show back in December and everything. And like he knows me and we know each other. We've done interviews. But to hear him go out of his way and say that, 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 that means a lot. So, um, yeah, I mean, if, if you ever want, I guess if you ever want a good indication of how well you're doing at something, uh, get fired and then see or get let go and see uh, see how people respond. So, yeah. I've been, That's been always super, the problem, super, though, super humble. is something bad has to happen for you to find out how well you're actually doing. I mean, posthumous records and, and stuff like that, right? <laughs> Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's, you know, and, and I think it's, you know, there's, I always tell this to people, you know, people are always watching, you know, and sometimes you don't realize that like even me getting the job at the score, I didn't even know they were even checking out my content or what was going on. They came completely out of the blue. It was something I was not expecting. And so, you know, I think it's just, it, that's why you gotta, you gotta always put out good stuff out there. And, and, you know, whether that's content, whether that's just being positive and not being like a downer on social media and not, you know, trying to keep things in check. I think it's just a good lesson to learn that, you know, everyone's watching and how you, how you're perceived is very much can determine where you go in your life and how you how you go forward all right enough of that we went we went 13 minutes talking mma when i want to dig i said i want to dig deep with james lynch and talk about how you got started in this game and life itself so uh obviously you're doing what you love to do right now you're doing interviews you're doing media you're editing videos and all that other great jazz but how did the man james lynch as a youngster get into this whole media game because growing up obviously you didn't want to be i mean were you into writing as as a child I wanted to, I was grade 11. I remember I wanted to, I wanted to get into broadcasting. That was, I had a friend of mine actually who went to high school with who wanted to go to BCIT. He wanted to do radio though. And it kind of got me that idea. I was like, oh yeah, I guess I could do that as like a career. So initially, like I remember this in high school, I wanted to do computers. That was like, I've always been sort of tech savvy and I like, uh, you know, even till this day, I still mess around with like computers and stuff and and do all that. And I'm very like kind of on top of that stuff. Um, But then I was never good at math or science. And I kind of realized, I remember grade 11, like being like, okay, I don't think this is going to work out because I, (laughs) You got in all the science and stuff. So I kind of, you know, I love sports and obviously watching hockey growing up, like, like anyone growing up in Canada, I was, you know, a big hockey fan. So I thought, okay, you know what, I'll make that transition to, um, to, to, to getting into broadcasting. So that was my focus. I remember grade 11, I was like, okay, I'm going to shift from doing sciences to doing, you know, English. And, and, and I, I was good in English in, in school and everything. And, um, I remember taking like AP, uh, English in grade 12 and, and doing all that. And I always knew that that was sort of my strength as opposed to sort of math and, uh, everything else. So I, um, yeah, I remember when I was, 
applying for universities. I ended up uh, getting a scholarship to Carleton, not like a full scholarship, but just, you know, a little bit of money. And I thought, ah, why not? Something new. Like everyone I went to high school with went to UVic. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Like I want to do something a little bit different. Yeah. You know, get out of here and just, and it actually so happened that I had a couple of friends that I went to from high school that ended up going to Carleton anyways, but that was not the reason I went. I just wanted something different. I was always sort of fascinated with being out East. I never went much as a kid. And uh, I remember we did a hockey tour when I was in grade 12 in, uh, in Ottawa. And I remember seeing it and I thought, oh, this, this would be kind of neat. So yeah, I ended up going to Carleton, did uh, communications there. And then, um, I remember when I got there, I was kind of like, uh, you know what, like this is cool and everything. Some of this is kind of neat, but, uh, but, but I'm like, I, I need something more hands-on. So, uh, there was a way you could do a condensed degree at Carleton. So I ended up doing that. Cause I was like, I don't just want these years to go to waste. So I ended up doing sort of a three-year degree instead of a four-year bachelor's. Um, and I did, uh, communications and I minored in poli sci. I was into politics. I still am into politics. I don't really post a lot of political stuff for, <laughs> for obvious reasons, but, uh, Canadian or I, both. Canadian uh, and American. I'm actually more U.S. I'm I think I US am as well. <laughs> yeah, way more. It's just way more interesting. There's yeah. so much going on and, and everything. But anyways, um, so partway through university, after I realized I knew I was going to go to college, I actually wanted to go to BCIT. That was that was the plan. I think even in high school, I wanted to go to BCIT, but they had like a big wait list. So it just was like, oh, I'll just take the scholarship instead. So I was going to go back to BCIT at that point. And then, um, and then I loved Ottawa so much. I was like, I don't want to leave just after three years. So I ended up going to Algonquin College, which uh, actually has a lot of alumni that went there that's in broadcast. Now I'm trying to think who went there. And you know, James Sabalski, who does yep, the morning yep. show, he went to Algonquin. There's a, there's a few of us that, that went to school there. So anyways, ended up going there for two more years doing that. Loved it. It was like right in my element. I was doing like weekly sports shows and things like that. I learned pretty much a lot of what I've learned now is through what I did at Algonquin. That was shout out to Algonquin, great college there. <laughs> but anyways, as that's all going on, like I'm finishing up my, I think it was a two year program. I think partway through my first year, I discovered the ultimate fighter and, and growing up, I was a pro wrestling fan for a period, maybe about three or four years during the attitude era where I was totally into it. I I watched Raw every night and I was, you know, I remember Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, I had all the video games, I had all the merchandise, like I was totally into it, like for for probably like 8th grade to 10th grade or something. And then that love of pro wrestling kind of came back when I watched The Ultimate Fighter because here here were these characters that were, you know, beating each other up, but you sort of could relate to them. Like I remember the episode I watched was the Chris Liebman episode where he's like breaking down the door, uh, you know, trying to get at, uh, I think it was Josh Koscheck who was pranking him. And I just remember being like, what is this? Like, <laughs> this is really different. And so... I watched it and I really got hooked on that season. And you'll appreciate this, Jeremy, as someone who's from BC. So that summer, I, I watched like most of the Ultimate Fighter and I was kind of like, this is cool. And I, I remember sort of keeping tabs on it. But that summer, I was in a Soyuz with my cousin and uh, they had a marathon on Spike TV about the whole Ultimate Fighter. So I think there was one day it was just scorching hot and I got sunburnt and I was like, let's just stay in and watch this. So we watched the entire season from start to finish. And that's when I was hooked. And that that got me to watching all the UFC pay-per-views. And this was back in the day when like, remember like a pay-per-view be like once a month yeah. and that was it. And you got so excited for it because it was such like an anticipation. Yeah. There wasn't all this like <laughs> cards every week. So yeah, I would watch that. I watched Pride. I got, I got into all that stuff. So I kind of got into it in the early going. And so to kind of make this answer a little bit shorter, because it'll take a while to kind of get through everything. But after I uh, was planning on moving back to BC, I got an internship at, get, guess what, The Score. I worked there on the television side. Oh and that my was the goodness. first media job I ever had was I interned at The Score, and I was a scriptwriter for Tim and Sid uh, back when they had their Score Tonight show. So that was the first job I ever had in media. That didn't work out. I got let go from that job. So I'm probably the only person in the history of the company who's been let go twice. Um, <laughs> so, which, whatever, you know, things happen. But from there, it led me to work at Fight Network because they were down the street from the score. And I had a friend that I went to college with that was interning there. And I was like, 
let's do like, like that's, that's what I want to do is I want to do MMA. I know like, cause I kind of realized that that would be like a good end for me because hockey's pretty saturated. The, the goal was always to be a hockey broadcaster, but once MMA came on my radar, I decided that, Hey, you know what? Let's, let's, let's go with this. This isn't, you know, I, I love the sport. I've been following it. I know my stuff. Like I can do something with this. And when I went to fight network, I got a great education there because when I started at fight network, not only was John Pollock there, Mauro Ronaldo was there too. Mm-hmm. So I got to work with him for a few years and just to see what he was doing and the work he was putting in. And this was before Mauro was at Showtime. And I think he was actually, you know, he might have been at Strike Force at the time. He might have just started at Showtime, but uh, it was cool to kind of see the behind the scenes that, and just you know, working with people that you know were were you know diehard fight fans and speaking the same language I was speaking. So I really got a good education there. And then to kind of summarize it up a little bit, I ended up leaving there, going to TSN because you know wanted to make a bit more money. And then I was doing MMA on the side up until October 2017 when I quit my day job and went to this full time. And then got the score job in 2019, left a freelance, and then now I'm back to freelancing. So there you go. There's a shorter answer to some things up <laughs> now you said you said there that there was once you were finished things up there was a point where you almost came back to bc before mm-hmm. getting that internship at, at the score yeah. um how close were you to actually coming back to bc before that happened very close because um what had happened was my had a I had a teacher who uh, if anyone went to Algonquin would would know who he is but I'm not, I'm not gonna mention his name on here but um, he uh, he he got me an intern so we all got internships our second year of college and uh, my internship was with Rogers and I was kind of like what the heck like I already volunteered for Rogers like this is doing me no favors like other people got like I think it was like CP or not CP24 what was it in Ottawa it was like the new RO or some one of those like 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 TV networks I don't think even exist anymore but people were getting internships at different companies and I wanted something different than what I was already doing because I was already volunteering for Rogers every Friday doing the Ottawa 67s games. I was doing like camera stuff and uh, Chiron and all these, you, you name it. I was doing everything there and you don't get paid. You just do it for experience. So I yeah. did that like every Friday for, for a while. Um, but anyway, so they gave me this Rogers internship and I was like, I was like, honestly, dude, like this is not going to do, I never said dude at the time to the teacher, but I was like, I was like, look, can I get something different? Because this is not helping me out. Like I need to get more stuff on my resume. So he's like, Oh, I know someone at the score. So I initially, I tried to get an internship at the score, uh, during the school year and just go down for a week and make up my 40 hours that way. But uh, it didn't work out, but they said, Oh, well, if you're interested, we do summer internships. So I applied, ended up getting it and ended up just, uh, so instead of moving to BC, I ended up moving to Toronto on a whim. And uh, ended up just getting that internship because I thought, you know what, it's good to be in Toronto. There's lots of media opportunities. I'm just finishing college. Makes a lot of sense. So I actually lived at U of T for like the first uh, three months I moved there. Three or four. No, it might have been actually six months I was there because they basically when the school year ends, you can live in the dorms if you want. You pay like a smaller fee. And, you know, Toronto's expensive to live. So I stayed in the dorms for the first however many months I was in Toronto before I got an apartment. And, yeah, I did that. I just I interned at the score. I was doing stats, I think, for the broadcasters for a couple months. Didn't get paid anything but i saw it as an investment and uh yeah i did that for for a couple months so until i got hired as a scriptwriter. but that didn't last long like i said i think it lasted a couple months and then i got out of there and went to fight network so there you go blessing in disguise though that you didn't end up making the trip back to vancouver because honestly who knows if all this would have happened well, I knew I wanted to do broadcast. I mean, I still would have done something in media. I yeah. think that it wasn't like me giving up, but it was uh, it, it was just like I think the plan was that yeah, I'd come back and find work here. 
Um, but it's certainly like I like going to Toronto, like I would have, for example, like I never, there's no way I would have worked at TSN or discovery channel or all the other cool networks I got to ended up working for later had I not made that move to Toronto. So it was good. It was, it was a really good move for me at the time and, uh, to have that experience. And, and also I, you know, a big thing too, I'll, I'll kind of just talk on here. Um, you know, getting let go from, from that job was, was super eye opening for me because I didn't, I didn't like, I didn't think that someone could be let go that's that soon. And I was not good at my job. I mean, it was, it was, I just, I've never been a great, like on the floor like perfect spelling details oriented yeah. type guy. That's just how I've always been. I've never been that way. So, uh, it was a good lesson for me early on cause I was in my early twenties and you know, I got let go from this job and I thought this was a job I was going to have forever. And it was a good eye opening. And ever since that day, I remember when it happened, it was close to Halloween that year, 2008, I think it was when that happened. Uh, it was just a good reminder that like anything can happen in the industry. So that's why whenever I see layoffs, it's like, yeah, I get it. I get it. Cause it can happen in, on a flip. And so that's why when this happened, you know, with the same company 10 years later, um, it was, uh, it was not a shock because I knew that this was a possibility just from being in the industry. And obviously met your wife back there. I did. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that, that, and I mean, that wouldn't happen either. There's a lot of little weird decisions that I made, uh, early on that, uh, ended up really paying dividends for me. So yeah, it's funny. That's like that butterfly effect thing, right? Like what would have happened if I would have come home and who knows? So it, it all worked out great. No kidding. And so going into it, you said you wanted to be broadcaster right off the hop, but that, that yeah. was the goal from the get go. Obviously not MMA though. Uh, probably hockey. Yeah. Uh, when, <laughs> Is that still eventually, do you think that, that, that could still be a goal of yours or a dream Maybe, of yours? Yeah. I mean, I'm doing a little bit of hockey now, actually. I, I don't know if you saw my post on Instagram. So I'm working on Nick Kiprios' show, just behind the scenes stuff I'm doing uh, for Line Movement. He does a daily show at noon. I do uh, social media clips for them uh, and just editing some stuff. So I'm glad to be back doing a little bit of hockey because I was doing a lot of that when I was at TSN uh, doing like editing for them. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm open to it. But if it doesn't happen, it, it's, it's all good with me because it's a really competitive industry. I don't watch enough hockey right now to, you know, really think that I'd have an advantage over anyone. I mean, I follow the Canucks as religiously as I can. I watch all the games and I read up on the athletic and all the other outlets as much as I can. But, and I listen to TSN 1040 all the time on the radio, which by the way, if you ever want to get me on, I'd love to come on. That's the only <laughs> station that hasn't reached out. Like I'd love to be on that. Cause I used to listen to them religiously when I worked at a golf course one summer, I used to have Pratt and Taylor on back in the day. That was my show that I used to love listening to. But, uh, but yeah, no. So I, I, the door's open for sure, but if it doesn't happen, not a big deal. Like I'm just happy that I've even had a even had the career i'm having right now for sure i saw one uh post of yours you actually posted it recently but i saw it like way back in the day of the apartment that you guys had overlooking uh what was oh the, the sky yeah. was sky dome probably when you were there yeah, sky dome, yeah. um what just give me a few cool things that you got to see from there because obviously you said watching baseball games and concerts but what are a couple that actually stick out in your head well, for a little bit of context here, because it, it's the photo's a little deceiving. I mean, that was outside of our window. It wasn't like a balcony. Like, I couldn't actually go and hear the game yeah. or whatever. But, uh, but um, yeah, I mean, Coldplay, I think that photo was from when Coldplay did a concert. And you can see right in there just the view we had in the in the condo. And, uh, and yeah, so we would, I mean, you could see events, you know, when games were playing, in fact, like there were nights when like, we couldn't go to, we'd have to get the blinds like completely shut because like the lights were so bright and <laughs> the Jays were playing late. So we would have to like deal with that. And actually when my son was born, it was, uh, it, it, it like he had a hard time sleeping the first year and a bit because there was so much noise in the city, even though we were, I think on the, like the 20th floor or 30th floor or something, uh, you could still hear all the noise. So it was, uh, yeah, it was tough and, uh, certainly happier to be in a house than being in a condo when you have a family. That's for sure. No kidding. Now you have made the move back to BC. Um, mm -hmm. 
what was that experience like? Because growing up in BC, I know that you you told me before you even moved back here that you would really love for your your son to be able to grow up where you grew up, and basically in the same neck of the woods as where you're living now, which is super cool to to have that same backyard of yours. Uh, just talk about the move back and sort of the emotions that it brought up to be back in in the province. I love it. Honestly, I wish I would have moved back sooner. I mean, I get timings, everything and, you know, sort of stuff going on, but I I love being back. Like I forgot how much I missed living here and, um, you know, you know, not even just the weather, not even just the time zone, just like being close to my family, being able to see my grandparents like every week, like I would see them like twice a year. I'd see my, and I was used to that because I like, even before I went to university, I mean, I was at boarding school and on Vancouver Island. So I, I only saw my parents like a handful of times. So there was a big gap there in terms of like, you know, getting to see my family. And, and I, I've always been very independent, so it didn't really you know, it wasn't like a thing. I never got homesick or anything, but now that I'm back, like, it's just, it's so awesome. It's, it's weird being back because like, basically I left, like, I, I kind of consider me leaving when I went to high school because it was, you know, I was away from here going to boarding school. So, uh, to be back now, it's like being in a time machine. I ran into a guy <laughs> the other day where the, 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 my kids, uh, when he went to a friend's birthday party that some guy that was like a year ahead of me and we knew all the same people cause we went to the same elementary school. So it's like, it's cool to be back and, and see all the people. There's still people that still work at the same stores that I, I go to in town. Cause even though Tawasin's pretty big. Um, there's still like a lot of like, it's still a very, it has that sort of that small town feel as well. So it's been awesome, man. Like I love it. I love being here. Um, I, I love that my, my son's getting to, to be raised here. I love that, uh, you know, I can watch hockey games earlier as opposed to watching them like late at night when I was back East. Um, it's just been such a good fit. And the, the biggest thing is that my wife loves it here too. So it's, it, I was always worried about that cause she's into like the outdoors and camping and stuff. So it's been great for her to like be here. And we just have so much more help uh, here as well in terms of, you know, my, my dad being here, my mom, my grandparents, parents. So it's been, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's so, so great. And I'm just so lucky that it all worked out, especially being able to move back to where I grew up. That's been like a huge thing. Uh, just being like so close to family and just everything's familiar. Like I know what, uh, what, what to expect and, and everything, like not a lot's changed from that perspective. Like I have everything, I have everything I need here, which is, which is awesome. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, which is perfect. Uh, it's, it's awesome that you're here because obviously we've, I mean, we don't see each other enough, but we got to go out for breakfast, see you at when we do have MMA events at the Rise event. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's great. And I'm glad that you're happy and, you know, support and nostalgia and, and whatnot. So for any local people from BC or from Vancouver that are listening to this, James, give them a couple of your favorite little golden nugget places that you like to visit. Great question. Great question. Well, first off, um, you know, where we went out for breakfast, I think is very underrated. I, I think White Spot is such a good restaurant. And like, unless you live in BC, like, I, you know, my wife always makes fun of me because I, I rave about how much I like their breakfast and, and just their food in general. I think it's a good restaurant. Like you don't I love get, it. I've been, I've been to, I've lived in, you know, Ottawa, Toronto, like you just don't find restaurants like that. So white spot's super underrated, but that's a very typical BC answer there. Um, alpha, which is in town, that, that Greek restaurant in Tawasin has been around since I was a kid. They make the best pizza. Uh, one of the best I've had, um, just super, you can, you can tell the love that's getting put into it. So Alpha's definitely a must, uh, as like in terms of like Tawasin, um, you know, in terms of places, like I love going to Fred Gingell Park. Uh, if you've ever been there, um, it's you know just the, just off English Bluff, and you can see the ferries coming and passing by. They got this. They they built a really nice staircase there. So if you ever want to get a workout in, they've got really good stairs there. So I like that. I love Centennial 
Park. The only bummer with Centennial Park now is that everyone's discovered Centennial Beach yeah. and Centennial <laughs> Park now. So it's totally like they, they've improved the park. It's definitely nicer than when I was a kid. But uh, there's just so much more people. And it's not like this cool little like place that you could go to. Parking lot uh, gets very, now very yeah, busy. Parking's a nightmare. And I don't know if you saw, too, they're doing shuttles now. So I'm yeah. like, oh, really? Like, come on. So that's been different for sure. Even Boundary Bay in general, like growing up, it was a very quiet place. Like you, you would not have to worry about crime. It was very like, you know, and now they're building all these townhouses and I get it. It's a nice area and you're close to the beach, but that's kind of a, a bit disappointing to see like how much it's expanded. Cause it was sort of like this little secret spot there. Um, so yeah, so those are two, um, you know, really good spots. Uh, I'll tell you another spot I like is, um, uh, like I'm just trying to think of like, you know, good little like kind of spots like for eating or anything like that. Um, I'll tell you one that's uh, very underrated. So, uh, not in Tawasson, but in Vancouver on Granville street, uh, right near like kind of where the, the city uh, station is for the subway or not that the sky train, I should yeah. say subway. It's the Toronto mind <laughs> saying that, but, uh, I think it's called microbite. It's, there's a pizza spot on the corner there in Granville. You probably know what I'm talking about. It's got the red sign. I feel like it's called microbite or microbite or something. They've got the best pizza. Like I mentioned alpha, but like they have like almost New York style pizza there. I was so impressed. I, I went to a Canucks game uh, with a buddy of mine earlier this year before all the pandemic stuff started and their pizza just blew me away. So that's a good spot too. Uh, if you're ever looking for some pizza there as far as that goes i'm trying to think what else you put me on the spot here i'm trying to i, I love I it i love being there. i love putting people on the spot that's the best yeah, those are the best answers man yeah <laughs> but yeah, a place alpha, that i'll tell you about I'll, town, alpha for sure is is definitely a, a good spot to check out that's like a mom and pop um you know good restaurant good greek food but just you know got a bit of everything and they, they built a nice patio outside now with the covid stuff so there's lot, lots of stuff going on there nice greek italian that i like uh, i've been going to this place since i was like a little little kid and and funny story is my my parents would take me there when I was a baby and they had belly dancers and I would cry my eyes out and I'm thinking, <laughs> why the hell would I cry with belly dancers? Hot ladies shaking their stuff, but uh, they scared the living hell out of me. But it's called Neighbors Restaurant. It's on 49th and Victoria. Mm-hmm. Um, great Greek slash Italian food. So uh, mm-hmm. if you ever come to this side of the city, then come definitely yeah, check so it out. It, it's there. super good. And funny enough, uh, I graduated high school with the owner, so... Shout out nice. to Neighbors Restaurant on Victoria and 49th. Okay, I'm writing that down. <laughs> I, I was I, there's so many places I haven't been to that I need. Like you know, I've never been to the Roxy. How bad is really? That? You know, it's, it's 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 nothing to rave about, obviously, but just the history of it. Like I gotta go once. Well, especially I, I mean the Canucks. Uh, they all that's their post game hangout spot. Man, they have their own right. room in the back. <laughs> yeah. I've gone by it a million times. I've been to that Pennyland Arcade. I don't know how yeah, many yeah. times, but uh, but that that spot. Uh, yeah, I've, n- I've never been. So there's there's a few I gotta uh, gotta check out uh, down there. But uh, we're so lucky to live here, man. Like I was telling someone the other day, like not even just with the fact that our COVID stuff's a little bit looser uh, than some of the other provinces, but just the, you know, the weather and just everything we have, like we're so lucky to like live here and not, you know, have to deal with a lot of the stuff that other people do, whether it's, you know, bad commuting or, or everything. Like it's just, it's so, it's so uh, like, I, I literally think we live in one of the best places in the world. Like I, I will, I will debate that till the end I die. The day I, die, uh, <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Uh, let's talk hockey then. You said that that was your first passion when it comes to sports. Uh, we got the Canucks round two of the playoffs. Game one was last night against the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, an embarrassing, embarrassing game. We looked damn good against St. Louis, but, uh, those Golden Knights are something else. Uh, five, nothing game against yeah. the Golden Knights. Uh, what were your thoughts about the game? Because I, I I don't even know if I really want to talk about it, but I'll ask you because I was embarrassed to no end. 
Well, I'm not as surprised as some other people because I was at that game in December when they got their ass kicked because I actually went to that game in Vegas because that was the night after UFC 245. I had a buddy of mine from high school fly down, uh, meet me there, and uh, we ended up um, we ended up going to the game, and it was one of the best nights I've ever had, even though they got they, they absolutely sucked that night. But I got to see how good Vegas was up close and personal, and like they have an all star team. Like I for like just the fact that like you know they have like Mark Stone and, and like Pacioretty, who like I forgot even played for them. Like I just yeah. you know it's just they're they're so deep and and and. And then even with goaltending, like, you know, they're, they're, they're solid between the pipes, like with the one, two punch of flurry and, and laner. Right. So it's like, you know, they're, they're, they're like, we, I knew they would have a tough time and, and typically this season they've had it pretty rough against Vegas where if they get that little smell where they know they can take advantage, they, they, they pounce on you. And you know, the Canucks looked like a rookie team last night. That's how it looked. I think the St. Louis series, you know, I'm not taking anything away. There was certainly, you know, some guys that stepped up like Bo Horvat and Tyler Mott and, you know, the goaltending was outstanding for Markstrom, which is what we've been accustomed to this entire season. But I think, you know, part of, I, I think the thing that also helped Vancouver is Bennington didn't play well. I think St. Louis won the cup last year. They're stuck in Edmonton. It's like, what's the motivation to like mm-hmm. win this again when we're stuck here in quarantine? Nothing against Edmonton, but it's like, it's not like New York or Vegas or somewhere like more prestigious. So I think part of it was they were checked out. I think it was part of it was Barube playing, uh, uh, you know, Bennington instead of Jake Allen. So it was kind of a perfect storm where the Canucks were this team that wasn't even supposed to make the playoffs. Here they have guys that are stepping up, exceeding expectations. And then you actually, you know, face a legit team like Vegas. I mean, I think it would be the same thing if they play Colorado. Like it's, you're, you're, you're just you're, you're playing a team that's just that much further ahead of you and uh, and it showed last night so I'm curious to see what adjustments they make uh, for game two uh, I you know I am optimistic they can figure this out I thought Travis Green part of the reason they did win that series was the coaching I thought was exceptional the line changes the the strategy like the fact that I thought after game what was it game three I thought they were done and out against yep. St. Louis it was just a typical Canucks performance where they show a little bit of life and then they end up screwing it up but you, you know I think that speaks to their their coaching and with Travis Green and what he was able to do. So I'm optimistic they can maybe get one or two, but obviously Vegas is a powerhouse. And I'll say this, if they somehow pull this off, Jeremy, I think they're going to the cup final and I would actually like their chances, whoever they play in the East, because I think Vegas is the best team right now available uh, in in these playoffs. So they, they got their work cut out for them, but I think it's possible. So if they don't win, Vegas is your pick for the cup? I think so, yeah. Hmm. I see. I see. I. I. My original. You, my original. Who, my original cup uh, finals that I have picked are Philly against Colorado. Okay. Um, Philly has surprised me all season. I think Elaine Vigneault will win the uh, Coach of oh, the yeah. Year. Yeah, hundred percent. He like hands down, amazing coaching of that team. They have a very underrated team. I've heard a lot of people on the Spit and Chicklets podcast say that Sean Couturier is like the most underrated center in the entire league. Um, and then goaltending Carter Hart is second to none. He's had a few bad games here and there in the playoffs, but my, like lights out. Uh, I think you, you say Tampa Bay, they, they, I mean, they look, I mean, like, I mean, they I look know, like junk against Boston the other no, night, I know, but, but, but Stammer could come actual, back. The, you never know. The, the talent, uh, top to bottom there is pretty interesting. I don't know. I just think that, um, the, the thing is that like, and then Dallas you know, could shock people too because they looked really good against Colorado. They 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 did no absolutely. Um, Dallas has always been kind of hit or miss for me. It's like you think like you look on paper and you look at that team and they they should be like a Cup final team, but oh, they yeah. always seem to 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 I don't know blow it or something. I mean I do like the role players they got like this year like with Perry and Pavelski and guys like that, but. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. Something about them tells me they're not they're not going to make it. I don't know what it is. Um, with with Colorado, they're another one. I would say that they're they're definitely up there. They certainly uh, change things around. Like it's it's crazy. I forgot I was reading something like not that long ago about uh, you know just some of the moves they made like in the past, and it's like it's crazy to see how everything worked and how they fleece the Leafs in that Nazem Kadri trade. Oh like, yeah. Looking back on that now, that's that's crazy. Like I remember at the time it was kind of like eh, but uh, but yeah. So there's we'll see. I mean, it's playoff hockey. Anything can happen. Um, but but I just think Vegas is just from what I've seen of them and looking at the other teams I think they're just they're going to be a problem for a lot of teams and it's not just Vancouver uh they're they're really uh they're just so deep I mean even if they have injuries they, they've got guys that can step up like look at look at some of the goals that were scored last night they're not they're superstars they're guys that are you know good role players yeah and it just shows you how deep they are well we made Ryan Reeves look like an absolute superstar last night I know I know <laughs> it's frustrating it's it's Canucks uh, always yeah. have a tough time against big big teams yeah it's always been the case. Yeah. Even going back to 2011, right? Exactly. So, ruins, so. All right. I'm not going to let you go yet that quickly. You said that I put you on the spot with those Vancouver questions. I want to do a couple of rapid-fire questions with you here. Let's do it. All right. Here we go. Favorite interview? Gegard Mousasi playing Street Fighter, Street Fighter with him last year in the hotel at Bellator when he fought Machida. The rematch. Most inspirational journalist that you would look up to? Don Taylor. That's the reason I'm in broadcasting right now is because of Don Taylor. I, you, you know this, Jeremy. I know this is rapid fire, but you, uh, sports page, that was, that was my goal. Oh, yeah. Up. So that, that's what got <laughs> me into broadcasting. If you, if you could choose right now, today, between working in hockey or working in MMA, which would it be? That's a great question. You know what? I'd probably go hockey because, you know what, I've done a lot in MMA that I've done. You know, I, I achieved a, a milestone already in getting hired full-time. I mean, I, I think I'll get full hired full-time again, but I've never been able to be like a true hockey journalist. So I'd have to take hockey because I think that could be the next chapter. Well, you never know. I know you have on your list of uh, like top five retro video games, but mm -hmm. what is number six? That's, I mean, that could be anything. There's so many good games that I haven't even, you know what I'm going to put in there because I'm playing it right now and it, and I forgot how deep of a game it is. I know these are supposed to be rapid fire, but Diddy Kong Racing, man, that game's so good on the N64. All right. Other than the Canucks, favorite sports team? Ooh, um, I'll go any sport or just any NFL? sport. Uh, Seattle Seahawks. Favorite, uh, sport player. Of all time? Oh, it's a great question. Um, Alexander Ovechkin. Wow. Yeah. I didn't expect that. I know. Some, I, I just, I've always loved him. I, and you know what's funny, too? When he was drafted, like, I was always Ovechkin over Crosby, always. I just, he's, he, how can you, he's so I expected Pavel Bure, to be honest. Well, no, Bure, but, you know, part of me, and I do have Bure's jersey and everything, but it's still a little sour on the whole Canucks like, yeah. <laughs> and, and everything. Like, that will always be, like, Pavel Bure, the player, it's like Trevor Lynn and the player. Nothing will ever take me away from Trevor Lynn and the player. Trevor Lynn and the executive, the Trevor Lynn and the NHLPA guy, that's, you know, obviously, you know, not as, not as prestigious. Interesting. You know, he just got announced today as the NHL 21 cover athlete. Who? Uh, Alexander uh, Ovechkin. Oh, did he really? Oh, yeah. great. You know what that, you know what that means? <laughs> well, he's close to retirement anyway, no, although he'll probably play till he's 50. So, yeah. All right. Two more rapid fire questions here. Dream outlet. Oh, ESPN. ESPN. And finally, one word to describe James Lynch as a father. Uh, humorous. 
Humorous. James, I appreciate your time, my friend. I hope I didn't take up too much of it. No. You have gotten to know James Lynch on the Wonder Brand show today. Uh, hopefully, you learned some things that you might not have known before. James, just let people know where they can find you in that social media realm. Obviously, a ton of these people already know where to find you because they hit you up when you left the score. Yes. Uh, well, first <laughs> off, thanks for having me on. I love doing shows like this. That's not your typical fighting show. I don't get to do these too often. And I'm more than happy. Like I've always in the back of my head, I've always thought like maybe I maybe one of these days I'll do a show like this where I can just sort of talk about things that aren't MMA related because there's so many other things I got oh, yeah. that I enjoy doing. So just thanks for having me on. I love uh, I love your show and I love uh, being on. So I appreciate that. But your listeners can uh, find me uh, on social media at Lynch on Sports. It's the same thing for Twitter, Instagram. My DMs are open, always up for talking about anything, hockey, MMA, you name it. I'm more than happy to Paul Politics. Uh, yeah, politics. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, behind closed doors, I talk a lot of politics, but I don't publicly because we live in a society, unfortunately, where uh, people are very judgmental, and yeah. so I like to just keep that behind closed doors. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that, that's where you can reach me. My YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash/LynchOnSports. Always putting out content on there, so uh, check that out. And uh, thanks for having me on, man. And uh, more importantly, when are we going to get breakfast? We got to figure that out after this. You, me, and uh, our good friend Don Andrews, we got to do it up again. Yeah, hopefully breakfast. sooner rather than later. At least restaurants are open now here, so yeah, we will be we'll, able to we'll, do we'll that. We'll figure it out. Actually, they just opened. I don't think we'd, I'd make you take the trip out here, but they just opened a De Dutch here in uh, Tawasson, so uh, right, right near Tawasson Mills. So I, I got to hit that up, but uh, we, we got to do something cool. For sure, man. I, I appreciate you coming on. And you said you, you wanted to do a podcast like this. I remember you had a podcast back in the day about fitness. Yeah, Fit for Radio. Yeah. And uh, my old roommate, Joey Shalolo, who is, uh, by the way, still uh, still doing the fitness thing. Um, I, I talked to him recently. But uh, yeah, uh, that's that's kind of where all this started. That was the first sort of like ever on air thing I ever did was 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 that podcast. And that led to the parting shot with Adam. And then, yeah, just sort of amazing, man. There. You've yeah. come a long way, my friend. And <laughs> it's a pleasure watching you grow in this in this game that you're you're working here. So uh, thanks for coming on and, and all the best, buddy. You too, buddy. Appreciate it.